Hey everybody, back together again, and uh, I'm certainly grateful for that. Hope uh, these words are finding each of you well today. Today we complete our reading of the account of Noah, and as part of that, we see God's preservation of creation. As we read and reflect today, I encourage you to pay careful attention to God's words and how he postures himself toward Noah and his family. Let's pray together before we read. God, we're grateful for this opportunity again to uh, connect with you and join together um, in attempting to learn from you and grow in our faith uh, wherever, we may, wherever we may be on our faith journey. Um, we ask for wisdom and understanding and the faith to put your word into practice in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to be reading in Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth, on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground, and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. And from each human being, too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood, by human shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you and never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. Now, before we get into specific observations about this passage, let's take a moment to consider where we've been since Genesis chapter 1. We, we've read the account of creation. We've read about Adam and Eve, how, how God set them just below himself and above everything else in the order of creation, how they enjoyed a special relationship with him until they until they fell from that position through their willful disobedience, as we said before, their rebellion against God. We read about how that impacted 
their relationship with God deeply, that they could no longer be in his presence in the garden. We, we then read about Cain and Abel and, and saw that the condition of sin, the condition of a broken relationship with God and an inclination towards selfishness and evil did not end with Adam and Eve, but was transferred to their children and ultimately to the rest of humanity. Uh, that brought us uh, to the world that Noah lived in, a generation that had so completely forgotten the identity of God that it had permanently corrupted their lives. They viewed other people as objects to either fulfill their own desires or to be killed when they got in the way of those desires. Finally, we saw in the great flood the judgment or the justice of God. We, we find it hard to accept a God like this today. We, we find a God like this brutal and unloving. But when we stop to acknowledge God's rightful place as king and creator over everything in the universe, when we see how much God gave humans and how little he asks of them in return, when we're honest about the, the distrust and the blatant disrespect that people showed God, despite the depth to which he loved them, it's, uh, it's difficult to say anything else other than that he had every right to deal with them as he saw fit. I, I mentioned early on uh, in our readings together that the word Genesis can be uh, thought of literally as origins. It's a word that actually begins the Bible, from which we get uh, in the beginning in English. I found this incredibly helpful um, amidst my questions about the exact age of the earth and whether or not to trust the science of species evolution, because the answers to those questions become secondary to the truths that are communicated by these narratives. In the beginning, God. In other words, before there was anything else, there was God. The, the great I am pre-existed everything else and from him originated everything else. But it was from humans that sin originated, and its condition and consequences have followed humans throughout history. For, for me and for many who believe the grand arc of the biblical narrative, it is that same condition that is the source of the death, the disease, and the dysfunction facing humans today. Genesis provides us with the beginning of something else, though, another mega theme of Scripture, the theme of covenant. Covenant is a biblical word rooted in ancient Near East culture, a word that means a rich and beautiful blend of bond, oath, love, and friendship. It is a binding commitment between two parties initiated and established by the stronger to include the weaker. In today's reading, we see God, obviously the stronger party, establish a covenant with Noah and his sons, and through them really all of humanity. In this covenant, his promise was provision and patience. And he again called the people he had made to fulfill his design for them. 
He commanded them to be fruitful and increase in number. In other words, to be productive and to grow. And that he would give them everything they needed to fulfill the task. He, he says, I now give you everything in verse three. In, in a word, he provides and as I said, he also promised patience. He promised to never again destroy the world through flood. And I think in other words, he was saying that he would express extreme patience because he had to know things would again inevitably go wrong with people. Remember, we said that one of the things that originated in Genesis uh, was sin, the inclination in the human heart toward disbelief in God, disobedience to his commands, and, and dysfunction in their relationship with him. It, it was the whole reason for the flood, right? Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 says that the Lord saw that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Yikes, what an indictment, right? And even good old Noah and his sons had the human heart, so they weren't immune to this condition either. But God would be patient. He would, he would hold back. He would never again pour out his righteous judgment on the physical world. But he was still fair, and he knew that it was only fair, only right for sin eventually to be punished. Those of us who have come to faith in Jesus, know that God's righteous judgment was poured out, and it was poured out on him. I've often read the Jesus storybook Bible to my kids, and the writer uh, puts what I'm trying to express better than I think I could. Quote, God's strong anger against hate and sadness and death would come down once more, but not on his people or his world. No, God's war bow was not pointing down at his people. It was pointing up into the heart of heaven. For Noah and the ancient followers of God, the rainbow was a sign of the covenant, a sign of God's promise to be patient with humanity. For us today, with the light of the cross of Calvary shining into our lives, we see it as the reminder of a new covenant a promise of God's grace to humanity that anyone who believes in the Lord Jesus is welcome into God's presence forever. Let's pray. God, we thank you for initiating with us. We, we just acknowledge you as the stronger party uh, in this relationship. And we're so grateful that, um, You've been coming after humans throughout their history, initiating with your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for Jesus, um, the one who was obedient to death, even death on a cross, in whom uh, your justice, your judgment was poured out um, so that as we believe in him and identify with him, our sin is put to death on that cross and we find new life in his resurrected body. We pray that you would help make those uh, deep biblical truths real to us in our own life today. We thank you and we praise you. Amen.